Brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you. It is May 3rd, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful morning out there. Look at that sun coming up. Gorgeous. Wow, I had to shut the blinds already. Already this morning. Already this morning. It's getting so light. It is. Now, we are really gaining minutes into the afternoon. Like, in the morning, sun is coming up earlier in the afternoon, it's setting a little bit later. Right. So. Yeah. Days getting longer. All, all the way. All the way till the end of June, June. essentially. Yeah. And uh, then it starts to go the other direction. But it is nice to finally drive in and have it kind of light out. Have inside. it light out. Hey, look at this. That's shut the blinds. So perfect, though, for a perfect day. You know what? Nice day today because today is National Garden Meditation Day. What Isn't is that? that? nice? It's where you're just supposed to... Get out in your garden and joy, enjoy the peacefulness of your garden. Okay, I am very, very late in getting my outdoor garden put together. Are you? My beds still need to be cleaned. The hanging baskets need to be adjusted and hung. And uh, yeah, I've got a good amount of work to do. Better get to it. I got to get to it yeah. for sure. For fall arrives. Oh, man. I know. Isn't that funny how sometimes you've got all of these plans and then before you know it, it's too late because, yeah, it's starting to rain again. I spent uh, two weeks ago, maybe, I've got the uh, garden in the front yard because that's where the most sun comes. And so my area where I plant the tomatoes and there's raspberries growing and all that. Over the course of winter, grass gets in the okay. dirt, and so I've got a I've got a tool that you can go in there and kind of dig the grass up. But yeah, you got to put a little elbow grease into it, and but I did get it done, and so I was very happy with that. And I looked at it again yesterday, and the grass is that is yeah. a, a never yeah. ending grass seed has a way to just get around yeah. everything. So that's a process I've got to do yeah, a handful of times throughout the summer just to keep the dirt, you know clean and happy and uh for planting so along our backyard fence we have uh bushes and we've got some uh landscaping and everything like that now i like a really nice uh sharp edge Mm -hmm. on the grass and it kind of curves around it's it's like all blurred now again over the winter because it's all kind of creeped in there i don't know if there's a good way to do that we've tried different types of borders and brick and bendy board but it none of it seems to do a good job uh and i suggested that we try to maybe use a a heating torch oh you know and and try to just kill it back that way i don't want to spray pesticides or whatever along there uh but i also don't want to catch my backyard on fire either (laughs) so i don't know what the best way it is to control the grass line you know there's not an easy way to do it you know you got to put some effort into it i've tried different things as well and it's just (sighs) there's just no way around it. you got to get in there and dig sometimes and so it's just it's the nature of the business or 
you could hire somebody to Ask do somebody it. somebody to yeah. come help you. Well, yeah. fortunately, I've got a, a teenager in my house That's that who you always, hire. Yeah. he always wants extra spending money. So yeah, see, there uh, you go. I'm going to get him out there this afternoon. That's, that's, the, that's the right answer right there. <laughs> Teach him how to do some good that's work right. out in the good yard. Good, hard that's work. Right. So when he, back. when he has his own home and his own yard, then he'll know what to do. He'll and get he can his be, own son can, to right. do it for him. You can do that. So, But anyway, if you get a chance, uh, National Garden Meditation. Day. It just sounds nice. It does sound yeah. nice. And this looks like to be the afternoon to do it because by tomorrow, rain's coming back. I know. So uh, I, yeah, that's a great point. I may have to mow the yard today because <laughs> may not be able to get to it you looking at the forecast. So anyway, what do you have coming up today? Well, David, act like New Yorkers and enjoy a heavenly ride. A new ferry makes its maiden voyage into New York just as the Catholic Worker Movement founder yeah. did so. Right. I'm going to tell you about it. Nice. And coming up in our 840 interview segment, I'll give you a heads up on this because I always enjoy the conversation. Going to talk with the vice president of athletics at the University of Portland, oh, Scott Lake. I'm going to join us. And so we'll get an update on pilot athletics. Been a great season for them. And it continues. Baseball teams off to a great start, too. And I mean, they're almost through into the season. So we'll have that for you as well. All right, fantastic. we got a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here is Jackie Bisson to start us off and touch the sky. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. What fortune lies beyond the stars Those dazzling heights too fast to climb I got so high to fall so far
That is Jackie Bisson and Touch the Sky. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this really beautiful Wednesday morning. Well, it is Church Alive. You're going to hear about it right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You would send the Holy Spirit to them. You would send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatuDayRadio.com. Thank you for making Mater Dei Radio's recent Spring share a grand success. We appreciate your support helping us seek the truth during this broadcast celebration. It was an inspiring week filled with joy and prayerful generosity. We're both humbled and grateful for all of Mater Dei Radio's benefactors, volunteers, guests, and donors, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, the Ladies of Christ the King Parish, Trader Joe's and Garden Home, Jade Bistro and Patisserie, Catering by Suzanne, Chick-fil-A and Raleigh Hills and the talented prayer shawl ministries at St. Cecilia in Beaverton and St. Thomas Aquinas in Camus. If you missed out on Mater Dei Radio's 2023 Spring share you can still unite with us and seek the truth. Won't you prayerfully consider making an online gift now at MaterDayRadio.com or on the Hail Mary Media app? And thanks to everyone who plays an important part in our mission of leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Dei Radio. 713 at Mater Day Radio. Pretty nice looking day out there today. We'll see increasing clouds later. High is 73, though. Then there's a 50% chance of a shower, maybe a thunderstorm later this evening, low of 51. And then 50% chance of showers for Thursday with a high of 60. Well, currently it is 52 degrees at St. Joseph Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 52 degrees at St. Patrick's Church in Portland. Good morning. This is Dina Marie, and I'm delighted to bring to Mater Dei Radio the very first Church Alive update. Joining me today at the Pastoral Center is Robin Moody. Robin serves as the Marketing and Communications Manager for the Archdiocese of Portland. Good morning, Robin. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Dina Marie. Thank you for having me. Also, since we are here at the Archdiocese, we have Sarah Livingstone joining us. Sarah serves as the Pro-Life Coordinator for the Archdiocese. Sarah, thanks for coming in today. 
right. Thank you so much for having me, Dina Marie. We are so excited. You know, I heard from Todd Cooper that over 700 people came into the Catholic Church here in the Archdiocese of Portland this Easter. Praise God. The church is growing and the church is alive. So I really wanted to get an opportunity from you, Robin, to hear a little bit about just sharing the good news of the Archdiocese with the whole people of Western Oregon through your Office of Communications. So first off, just give us a sense of your role. This is the first year as you've come in from Lent and Easter to be part of the team of the Archdiocese of Portland to represent Archbishop Sample. Um, Give us a sense of your mission and the goal of the Office of Communications and the Marketing Department. Yeah, absolutely. So as Marketing and Communications Manager, it's my job, really um, my privilege, to identify and amplify the works of our priests and our lay ministers and our parishes as well. Uh, Church Alive is just one platform where we can inspire and inform the faithful. Beautiful. And I love that name, Church Alive. And as I've been seeing these newsletters come out, you had a challenge to the Catholics about what to name this communication tool of Church Alive. So how did this Church Alive get its name? So when I started in November, there was already a newsletter that went out on Thursdays, and um, it had about four links. It was, it was pretty minimal at the time, and people called it by numerous names. Some people were calling it the e-blast, some people the Thursday newsletter. So it was this beautiful opportunity to really leverage that platform as a way to share resources and celebrate the community activities going on throughout Western Oregon, as well as have this beautiful platform to share messages from the Archbishop. So we rebranded as Church Alive, which was the name suggested by Archbishop Emeritus John Vlasny, and really grew the newsletter to something that includes so much more. I love it. I'm talking with Robin Moody. She serves as our marketing and communications manager for the Archdiocese of Portland. Of course, the website is archdpdx.org. And that's like the first platform you can hop onto to go to all of the different social media venues that you have. And again, to get a hold of this Church Alive update. Give us a sense, Robin, as you've been growing this and what are the different types of pieces of information, news that you want to keep out there on this weekly newsletter? Well, we really, really want to share what's going on throughout the Archdiocese. So I'm really hoping to hear more from different parishes about special things that are going on that really affect the entire Archdiocese, where people can get involved, get connected. So I welcome anyone that has news that might be actively searching for a platform, they can email us at news at archdpdx.org. And that's really a way that we can help share the information that they have. Right. And then you mentioned this is a weekly newsletter. It comes out on, is it Thursdays? On Thursdays. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so people who are not registered yet they can do so. And how would they go about getting onto this Church Alive newsletter? We have a link on our website. So if you just go to archdpdx.org and scroll down, there's a link that says Church Alive newsletter. And all you have to do is click on the link and add your email address and you'll be added to our list. 
I love this because, again, to be able to see what's happening, not only at my local parish, but in the church in Western Oregon. So as far south as Brookings, Medford, on the Oregon coast, through the Portland metro area, the smaller parishes, the bigger parishes, what's happening at the cathedral? We really want to know uh, what's happening. And you're going to be that heartbeat, Robin, and your team to bring us that information. So Robin, I want to have you share with us a little bit about what excites you? You mentioned the priests, our church communities, sending the message of the archbishop out to the community. But as you come in with these skills of marketing and communications, I mean, what a gift to be able to share the good news of the church. It's a tough job, but what brings you joy in being able to bring the, the message of the church in Western Oregon to the people? It really is a joy for me because... Um it's a way I see every day the incredible work that our priests do and the dedication that they have and the dedication of our lay ministers and our religious. And so being able to share that uh, is incredible gift. And that's where I hear the most positive feedback as well. That's what people are really hungry to hear. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to be launching a new piece in Church Alive really dedicated to the homilies of our priests, because I want to give them a platform where they can share on a, in a, to a broader audience mm-hmm. their homilies that they give. So we recently um, included a homily from Monsignor Gerard O'Connor at the cathedral, and I'm putting out an open call right now to all the priests of the archdiocese to please share their homilies. And it can be in a PDF form, a word form, videos. We can help you, you know, clip a video to just your homily. So we have the resources, but we want to help really share what they what they're offering the people. I think that's so great with Church Alive. Even though we were shut down, so to speak, during the COVID pandemic, we used tools. We looked to see how do we use these different tools to share the message. And so, so many people are still live streaming. We still have access to these beautiful liturgies. And so let's use the church alive. And I know people love to write stories. They love to share stories of anniversaries, of special celebrations in the parish, our Catholic schools. Um, You're going to be the hub. You are the hub Mm -hmm. here at the Archdiocese of Portland to do that. If people have questions about how to share a particular upcoming event or a story or something of a news related event to you, what's the best way that they can communicate with the office here at the Pastoral Center? Just email us news at archdpdx.com. We'd love to hear it. Okay, the Church Alive newsletter, if you're not getting it every Thursday in your email box, please get a hold of archdpdx.org and subscribe to that newsletter. I and mean, one of the things that I love to see coming out are what are or what are what are ways that I can get involved. And I know spring and fall, the 40 Days for Life campaign is one of those campaigns that so many of us want to be involved whether we're praying, we're out doing vigil, or we're doing community service work in some way in educating and Sarah Livingstone, I know you've been so involved in particularly the 40 Days for Life campaign. As we've come out of the spring campaign, maybe just give us a little sense of what you saw happen this spring in Portland, in our archdiocese of people really focusing on the pro-life work. 
Yes. Well, it was one for the books. Um, This past Lent 40 Days for Life campaign in Portland had record-breaking attendance as well as it was our coldest spring campaign ever (laughs) out of 30 campaigns, yet it did not deter people from showing up to support life. On Saturday, March 18th, there were 47 prayer volunteers at the vigil, making it a record-breaking day for a single day during the Portland 40 Days for Life campaign. Then the following Saturday, there were another 46 prayer volunteers um, in front of Portland's downtown late-term abortion facility, Lilith Clinic, which is where the 40 Days for Life campaigns have been held the last two years since it opened. And then the following, the next Saturday, which was the concluding um, day of the 40 Days for Life campaign, there were another 39 volunteers praying the rosary together. And we have never seen numbers like that. You know, we're witnessing incredible pro-life momentum happening here in Portland and all over Oregon. From the largest Oregon March for Life in January to record-breaking volunteer attendance, like I just said, in 40 Days for Life vigils, uh, people are taking action for life. And I believe Oregonians are realizing that the fight for life post-Roe is on the state level, and most do not support Oregon's extreme pro-abortion laws, where abortion is legal until the moment of birth for any reason. And I think many are standing against this culture of death and coming together to help make Oregon a culture of life. Mm. Sarah Livingstone is with us, our pro-life coordinator for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Also, Robin Moody in studio with us as we're talking about the Church Alive and what's so invigorating, what's so encouraging is to see us come together as a people of faith, as a people, you know, as a family, as a church family, we come together in in our common unity, and that is to support one another in life. I want to hear more uh, from Sarah about what we're going to do next, you know, as we, as we move into the summer months, as we move into maybe coming out of school break. Uh, what do we do to continue the efforts to really promote our Catholic faith and our love of Jesus into the community? But we are coming up to a break. So ladies, stay with me. And as we come back in the next half hour, we'll continue our conversation. And it is 724 at Mater Day Radio. Don't forget, you can still give to Mater Day Radio's Spring share If you didn't give a chance uh, the last couple weeks, we appreciate everybody who has. Just go to our website right on the front page there. It says 2023 Spring share Click on that and give you an opportunity to make that pledge. Information at materdayradio.com or on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. 
please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. Some are morning people. <sighs> Others are not. <laughs> Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 726 at Mater Day Radio, and Oregon's Secretary of State resigns. We'll have that story for you in the news. And AI technology is helping Oregon City workers find potholes. Now, who's going to get them all fixed up? Well, I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is John Finch. Send down your spirit. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
It is John Finch and Send Down Your Spirit. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis greeted the chairman for external church relations of the Russian Orthodox Church after his weekly public audience on Wednesday. Now, the brief encounter in St. Peter's Square with Metropolitan Anthony comes amid heightened scrutiny of diplomatic signals involving the Holy See's desire to broker a peaceful settlement to the ongoing fighting in Ukraine. Now, in his press conference Sunday on his flight back to Rome from Budapest, Pope Francis told reporters that the Holy See is involved in a secret peace mission to end the conflict. Now, both Ukrainian and Russian officials were quick to deny that negotiations were taking place, but a close papal aide confirmed the Pope's statement in an interview with an Italian news outlet published Wednesday. Pope Francis also said during the in-flight press conference that he has only spoken once with Kirill since Russia invaded Ukraine in February of 2002. The two spoke, he said, for 40 minutes over a Zoom call. Well, Oregon will soon be in the market for a new Secretary of State. This follows the announcement from Shemaya Fagan Tuesday that she is resigning her position less than a week after it came to light that she had taken a lucrative side job consulting for an embattled cannabis company at a time when her office was auditing the state's marijuana program. Fagan's resignation will take effect on May 8th, at which point Deputy Secretary of State Cheryl Myers will take the lead until Governor Tina Kotek appoints a new Secretary of State to serve out the remainder of Fagan's term, which runs through January 2025. Fagan, a former state lawmaker and lawyer, was elected as Secretary of State in 2020. She made $77,000 annually as Secretary of State. She cited her low pay and the need to support her two children as one of the reasons that she took the outside position. Well, the newest Staten Island ferry boat has officially set sail on Friday, the Dorothy Day. The third of three new Staten Island ferry boats completed its maiden voyage, carrying hundreds of passengers from St. George to Lower Manhattan. The $85 million vessel, which will be placed into regular passenger service next week, is named in honor of one of the borough's foremost religious icons, Dorothy Day, renowned Staten Island journalist and social activist. Martha Hennessy, social justice activist and granddaughter of Day, said it is with joy and gratitude that we can remember Dorothy Day as her namesake fairy plies the beautiful waters of her beloved New York Harbor, carrying visitors and workers to their destinations on a daily basis. Thank you all for making this possible. Now, Dorothy Day rode the Staten Island Ferry for decades, traveling from her South Shore cottage to the soup kitchen in Manhattan, where she fed the hungry. Well, a Seattle man has died while attempting to summit Mount Everest on Monday. Jonathan Sugarman was part of an expedition arranged by Washington State-based International Mountain Guides. Reports state that Sugarman died at Camp 2 after he began to feel unwell. Following the report, the Embassy of the United States issued a statement reading, quote, We can confirm Dr. Jonathan Sugarman passed away while climbing Mount Everest Monday, May 1st. Our deepest sympathies go out to his family and friends. 
Now, this comes as Nepal has issued permits for a record 463 climbers by April 26 for this spring's season expeditions of Mount Hood or Mount Everest. Now, spring is the most popular time to climb Mount Everest, with most climbers aiming to ascend the peak in May. I've seen a lot of documentaries over the years that follow different climbing parties that yeah. ascend uh, the summit, and it is treacherous. Oh, yeah, and it can get backed up. I mean, there's just kind of like one way up. That's what they had yeah, talked about, and, yeah. Uh, so anyway, sorry to see this. Well, for the last nine months, the Oregon City Public Works Department has been testing AI technology to help identify and map out potholes within its jurisdiction. It's called City Rover, and Public Works officials have chosen to mount the device on their street sweeper because it's out there on the roads every day. City Rover works like a dash camera and actively scans the road ahead for potholes. Then the device collects the date, time, and street address on an aerial photo of where the hole is located. Now, all the pothole data that City Rover collects gets uploaded to a cloud that can be accessed by the city. This then allows public work employees to keep better track of new potholes and create more efficient routes to fill them. Now, the potholes form when water seeps into cracks in the road, and then it freezes. And then, of course, the right. expanding frozen water creates a crack, and then mm-hmm. road use works over it. There is a stretch of road that we take from our house uh, on our way to Holy Redeemer on Sunday mornings. Yeah. It, it it very well may be the worst <laughs> road in Vancouver. I can understand their hesitation to, to fix it very quickly. Uh, it's probably part of a big paving project, but it is a big road. Yeah. I mean, you're talking... Um, one, two, three, four lanes, two in each direction, plus a center turning lane. Yeah. And to shut it all down to try to pave it, they're going to have to. Yeah. It's pretty bad. You know what they need? What do they need? AI technology for house cleaning. Oh, well, see, but all that would, I would want the robot to clean it because all AI technology would do is identify the mess and let you know where it is. I guess you could say the, the <laughs> is it the Roomba or the, the, the Roomba? The Roomba. I yeah. guess that's kind of AI I, technology. You know what? You're right because it scans the yeah. floor and it has its pattern to make sure everything gets swept up. I've never seen one or used one, so I don't know how well they work. But Our friends have one. Yeah. And, there... and it gets off kilter a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, just leave it alone. It'll find its way home. <laughs> and sure enough, it, you know, kind of goes around yeah. and then boop, right Does back. Does it actually clean the floor pretty well? Yes. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. Give you'll it a try. To, you'll have to get one. That's right. Uh, sports, college baseball in Corvallis last night as two nationally ranked teams went at it at Goss Stadium. It was a bit of a slugfest, but when the smoke cleared, it was Oregon State defeating Oregon 11-6. to In all, the two teams combined for 24 hits, what? three home runs, eight doubles, and 16 of the 18 starters finished with at least one hit. Was, that's an uh, exciting game for spectators. Well, it was. I mean, a lot of run score, that's for sure. Uh, it was a nice game for the Beavers' Mason Guerra. The Beaverton native smashed two home runs. Both teams went into the contest with records of 13-30. and 30. Remember, I was talking mm-hmm. about this yesterday. Now, last night's game was a non-league contest, but it gives the Beavers bragging rights. The teams have played four times this season, with Oregon State winning three. Teams will not play again during the regular season, but they could see each other again in the Pac-12 tournament, depending on how that goes. Uh, Beavers host Utah this weekend, while the Ducks travel to USC to resume conference play. 
Well, did you know that each of the 12 months of the year has a devotional theme? And it's a great way to bring special traditions, symbols, colors, even foods to enrich our faith at home. Of course, the month of May dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And here are a few ways you can make your home bloom with Mary's love. All right. First of all, try decorating your table. Now's the time to bring out that blue tablecloth or runner, a a color that is associated with Mary. Try making a Marian garden. If you're going to be out in your garden today, get a statue of Mary for your garden, then plant some special blooms. There are so many flowers and herbs associated with the Mother of God, such as roses, lilies of the valley, also known as Our Lady's Tears, rosemary, Mary gold. Yeah. Yeah, and then just seven nice, well-placed rocks could also represent the crown of the seven joys of Mary. And then lastly... Have a May crowning. This isn't something that only has to happen in church. Make a little crown of roses or, Mm -hmm. you know, have the kids help out by making something like that out of pipe cleaners and then place that crown on Mary. Good idea. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Sunday at 10 o'clock, it is the Portland Cinco de Mayo Festival Mass. It's happening in the main tent at Tom McCall Waterfront Park. The Holy Mass will be celebrated by Archbishop Emeritus John Blasney in both Spanish and English. A mariachi band will supply the music. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Uh, the Cinco de Mayo celebration kind of kicks off the waterfront festival season. You think Does about it? that, yeah? Because right, right after that, then you have Rose Festival right up at the on end the of heels the of yeah. that for so, sure. Uh, fun, fun times for sure. Coming up, continue our interview on Church Alive right after the forecast. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at CYOCampHoward.org. That's CYOCampHoward.org. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio in this prayer in honor of Pope St. John Paul II. Let us pray. Wise and gracious God, in your divine wisdom you sent Pope St. John Paul II to guide and shepherd the Church in changing times. He courageously defended all human life from conception to death. Through his intercession, we pray, strengthen us to follow in his footsteps so that we might experience true joy and authentic love and a lasting solidarity among peoples. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matradayradio.com. 
Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jumpstart to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. here at Mater Day Radio. Well, the day is already starting with this beautiful morning. There was a little bit of lingering fog in some of the valley areas, but that is going to make way for a partly sunny afternoon. Highs today getting to the lower 70s. Now, as we move through the afternoon and then later into the evening, thick clouds begin to fill the sky as the next system moves in. Overnight, we're going to cool down right around to the 50-degree mark, and then rain returns tomorrow, staying in the upper 50s. It's going to continue that rain all the way through the weekend. All righty, 48 degrees at St. Thomas More Newman Center in Eugene. And it is also 48 degrees at St. Matthew's Catholic Church in Hillsboro. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with my conversation with Robin Moody and Sarah Livingstone. They're with the Pastoral Center. Robin services our marketing and communications manager for the Archdiocese of Portland, and Sarah in the Office of Pro-Life Ministries as our pro-life coordinator. And just hearing about the church alive as we are in this beautiful season, this 50-day season of celebrating life, the risen Lord in Easter. We remember how how important it is for us to share the message of truth and the message of hope. Sarah, thanks for coming back and talking a little bit about pro-life work. You mentioned momentum and you mentioned so many people coming out, particularly for 40 Days for Life and now post 40 Days for Life. We continue the work. Uh, Just talk a little bit about the people, the participation, what you saw here for the spring campaign. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, first, we're so blessed to have a very pro-life Archbishop Alexander Sample leading us in being our good shepherd. Uh, he's been more and more vocal about standing up for life and defending our most vulnerable. And if you've not watched his nine-minute video called Abortion and Catholics, I highly recommend it. It's one of the best pro-life videos I've ever seen. Um, he just nails it. It's on our website. You know, also Deacon Kevin Welsh here, Director of Pastoral Ministries, Todd Cooper, so many in the Archdiocese working for life. And then, you know, the Catholic participation also from individual parishes and groups this past 40 Days for Life was incredible. There were three consecutive Saturdays that I had mentioned of record-breaking numbers, and it was from individual parishes and Catholic groups that just decided to organize large events and large groups. The first two uh, were from my parish, St. Michael the Archangel, run by the St. John Society and the Society of Mary. And the first group was a group of high school students from the Catholic Sinaculo High School Program, led by Father Aaron Stetler and the Society of Mary Sisters. The second was the ARC Young Adult Program from St. Michael's, led by Father Ignacio Llorente. And then the third was the St. Pius X Knights of Columbus organized the third and concluding Saturday where they had a bilingual rosary for all. And, you know, it really made me start thinking, imagine if all of our parishes or Catholic groups took a Saturday or a week or just came to say we're, we're praying this day, you know, 
abortion facilities, it would be hard for them to stay open because there would be so much attention on them and lack of business. Um, and I really think this is how we keep the momentum going um, and help make Oregon embody a cultural life. That's and, right. and like you said, during this Easter season, I really believe you know, in the resurrection, we are called to be Christ's physical body on earth, his hands and his feet. Um, and so doing that work for life, I believe we're called to do that. Yeah. There's a great prayer, and we sang it during the foot washing on Holy Thursday, you know, Christ, the St. Teresa's prayer. You know, Christ has no body but yours. We're the body. We're the body of Christ mm-hmm. right now. And so we're the ones who are showing his light. We're his voice. We're his ears. We're his hands. We're his feet. And so when you think about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, in many different ways, you know, some people maybe can't leave the home because they've got children at home or they're homebound or they're in the hospital, but they can offer those prayers. And I just give us a, a sense, Sarah, of just some ways that the components of 40 Days for Life, prayer, fasting and community outreach or education. What are some ways that we can continue to do this in a, in our daily lives and continue to share that message of pro-life? Absolutely. And good question. And, um, you know, the focuses of 40 Days for Life, there are three that you just mentioned, are very similar to our four pillars of the pro-life office. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started last year, I thought we really need to set our goals um, and our four pillars. And after a lot of research and prayer, um, these were the four that we thought were the most important. So number one is prayer, pulpit, and parishes. We like to call it the three Ps. So pro-life leadership and activity from pastors and parishes, you know, speaking about it from the pulpit. And then prayer. I mean, I believe abortion will be ended through prayer. You know, we take it to Christ. But then we also act. So number two is support. Huge. Supporting both mothers and children. As Catholics, we have always supported both mothers and babies. So like pregnancy resource centers, maternity homes, the USCCB's Walking with Moms in Need program, you know, Project Aurora, which is Rachel's Vineyard Post-Abortion Healing Retreats. Very, very important. Number three, sidewalk advocacy and prayer. So we've spoken a lot about that already with the 40 Days for Life campaigns. And they also hold a year-round vigil at many abortion facilities here in Portland. And then number four, education, like natural family planning. Sisters for Life have an amazing pro-life school curriculum. Um, Theology of the body, you know, fetal development, things like that. Getting that education in the schools as well. Absolutely. I think about uh, during the summer months when we have all of the fairs, Oregon Right to Life, every county has their county fair. And typically there's lots of volunteers which can come from our Church Alive parishes of education, just talking to families about life and educating with those little babies, you know, growing in the womb. Look to see at that human life and the dignity that we want each and every human life to have. So, Sarah, for folks who are listening, maybe they aren't involved in their local parish yet, but they would like to get involved. What what are some of the steps that they should take just on the local parish level to get involved on a regular basis with pro-life ministry? I, number one, I would go talk to your pastor, you know, get approval. Hopefully that should not be a problem because most pro-life groups through parishes are led through the laity. Um, I started the St. Michael's pro-life group three and a half years ago. It's been flourishing, you know, and again, uh, it's really about getting that approval and then you, you take, take the baton and run with it. And then Contact me, contact the pro-life office, 
email me at life at archpdx.org. And we also, we have quarterly meetings for our archdiocese leaders and advocates. They're open to all. You know, we have 124 parishes in Western Oregon in our archdiocese. So we have a large Zoom meeting every quarter. So then tie into the larger picture. And that's really what, you know, when, when I started last year, it was about growing our pro-life community and connecting our archdiocese pro-life advocates. And so, and, and I've never, I've been receiving so many emails of how can I get involved? What can I do? How can I start a pro-life group? It, it's really amazing to see. So again, I, I, however I can help connect you. Two very simple emails, life at archdpdx.org and news at archdpdx.org. You can get a hold of the archdiocese in terms of just news and information, events that are going on, and then particularly life events, ministries. How do I work on a daily basis, a weekly basis? Where is their needs? And from the north, north, northern part of our state to the most southernmost, we need to have a cooperation. And Robin, I just want to ask you because... Sometimes we live in the Portland metro area and we just think of the Portland metro area as the archdiocese, but the archdiocese of Western Oregon and Archbishop Sample always wants to remind us, you know, we're a large family. We cover a lot of square footage. The miles in in Western Oregon is big, but you have the opportunity to bring us together to make us really remind ourselves that we're part of one big church family with a lot of diversity and beauty in the church and just your hope and mission of bringing about that unity through communications. That's a really beautiful way of summing it up, Dina Marie. I don't know if I can improve on that too much, but it's really important to me that it is the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. It's not just the Portland metro area. It really is all the many people, the diversity uniting the Archdiocese. And that's why I'm really putting out the call to parishes throughout the archdiocese to connect with us, send us information, activities that may be going on that affect Southern Oregon, activities that could be going on that affect different parts of the archdiocese. So I really just am so grateful to everyone throughout the archdiocese that wants to contribute and connect and be involved. Absolutely. And again, the Church Alive newsletter comes out every Thursday from the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. You can go to the homepage. I know right on the homepage, people can link on and subscribe to that email. Comes every week. Give us an idea of the format that you hope every week, because I know there's a special uh, blessing at the bottom or things (laughs) just to be looking forward to, but just somewhat of the structure that you like to have in that weekly newsletter. Yeah, so we always like to share some photos of things that have been going on throughout the Archdiocese during the week. So it's a beautiful way to sort of showcase, like recently, you know, the Chrism Mass or at Easter Mass. We try and share those photos with everyone so they can see what's been going on. But then it's really about any messages from the Archbishop that he wants to share, different things that our priests are working on, their homilies. We recently showcased some information on the Hispanic ministry work of Father Mike Kieber. And then we get into community events, ways to get involved, education, training, things that could affect the lay ministers and works of the lay ministers like Sarah getting to show all of her incredible work with pro-life. 
So that's the real heart of the newsletter. And then we close it out with Borromeo's Blessing, which is a special nod to St. Charles Borromeo, our patron saint of catechesis. And that really came about by accident. We were talking about words that we use as Catholics, sort of what makes us special as Catholics. And we were brainstorming different things we could do with the newsletter, and it came up, why not include a little section at the end that maybe can help share topics that have been touched upon in a recent Voice of the Shepherd. You know, our Archbishop loves to discuss different things from the Catechism, so we can maybe touch on something that he has mentioned, or we also have this beautiful resource in the Archdiocese, our Archdiocesan Liturgical Handbook. So it's a beautiful place to touch on a subject that people can explore further in the handbook as well. It's an awesome way to just continue to learn, to continue to grow. I think about all of those hundreds of new Catholics. I was a new one in 1999. I didn't know anything in terms of Catholic terminology, and so I want to learn these liturgical phrases, these liturgical terms. And so this newsletter, Church Alive, is going to help us in growing as well and evangelizing, just sharing and breaking apart our faith so we can learn more and so we can share the good news in such a great way. Sarah Livingstone, thanks for sharing some time with us again. Life at archdpdx.org is your email. Yes, and the website really fast is archdpdx.org backslash pro-life. And it's pro-life. also, if you scroll down from the ministries, but we have a ton of support um, resources on there, always updating it. We redid the whole website. Great way to get involved and help, help women and, and support both women and babies. Fantastic. And Robin, thank you so much. News at archdpdx.org. And then the website, archdpdx.org. So we're excited. I love Church Alive. Thank you, Archbishop Lasney, for giving us that (laughs) name. I think it just reminds us, yes, the church is alive. The Holy Spirit is moving. And it's our job to respond and to cooperate with those gifts of the Holy Spirit. So thank you, ladies, so much for your work in ministry. We'll look forward to hearing from you again soon. Thank you, Dana Marie, so much. It is 755 here at Mater Day Radio, another great resource for our Catholic community. It is the free Hail Mary media app. Download it today from your favorite app platform. You can begin using it right away. You're going to have access to all of our great locally produced shows as podcasts. And you're also going to be able to access the community calendar, as well as this incredible library of both audio and text prayers. So begin using it today. More than 2,000 people have already downloaded it and are using it every single day. It is the Hail Mary media app. You can also find more information at materdayradio.com. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, translator K235BF Eugene, and streaming at materdayradio.com. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. 
Join me on Mater Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, could there be an airline strike? A couple of airlines. We'll have that story for you in the news. And tolling in the state of Oregon put on pause. So how will this affect the new interstate bridge? I'll have that story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey, everyone. I'm Ethan with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. It seems kind of weird that the first saints, the apostles, the men who walked with Jesus, are the very saints that we know the least about. Today, we celebrate the feast of two apostles, Philip and James the Lesser. Now, first things first, the title Lesser isn't an insult to James. It's another way of saying younger, and it's just there to distinguish him from the other James, the son of Zebedee. What is a little insulting is that James the Lesser is mentioned only four times total in the Bible, and all those times his name only comes up in reference to his mother, Mary, who is also one of the several women named Mary in scripture, in case there wasn't enough confusion already. Philip is nearly as obscure, though we get a little about him thanks to a few verses from the Gospel of John. In John chapter 1, Philip meets Jesus for the first time. When Jesus says, follow me, Philip's immediate reaction is to find his friend Nathanael and share the news that the Messiah has come from Nazareth. Nathanael responds with doubt. He asks, can anything good come from Nazareth? And Philip says simply, come and see. This suggests a sort of excitement at seeing Jesus, an excitement that he wants to share with his friend. In John chapter six, Jesus asked Philip how they can feed the thousands of people who had followed them. Philip's answer is very reasonable and realistic. He says, 200 days wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. Finally, in John chapter 14, Philip prompts Jesus saying, master, Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus responds kind of harshly, asking Philip if he really doesn't believe that he and the Father are one. So despite Philip's initial joy at meeting Jesus, it's obvious that there were some limits to his understanding. These examples are just tiny fragments of what feels like a largely unfinished portrait of Philip's character. But they do give us an important reminder that the apostles, at the end of the day, they were just men and not even great ones. Jesus definitely could have picked stronger, smarter, wiser people if he had wanted to, but the apostles weren't supposed to be perfect. Ask yourself, if you wanted to learn something, would you rather be taught by a genius who understands complicated ideas with no trouble or someone who once struggled to understand those ideas and with great difficulty finally managed to figure them out? Which of those two do you think would make a better teacher? Eternal life and the hope that comes with it isn't a reward reserved for exceptional people. It's for everyone who is willing to take up their cross. And a part of that cross might be accepting the fact that no matter what we accomplish, there may never be anything written about us. The apostles, James the Lesser included, were exceptional men, but they weren't born that way. They were exceptional because they took up the great task of following Jesus and becoming a living legacy for him. 2,000 years later, that legacy remains, and we are called to be his new apostles. Saints Philip and James, pray for us. 
And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 801. Pope Francis has praised the brilliant method of natural family planning as a valuable tool for married couples. In an April 28th message to a conference on the Billings Method, Pope Francis said John and Evelyn Billings conducted careful scientific research and developed a simple method accessible to women and couples for natural knowledge of fertility, offering them a valuable tool for the responsible management of procreative choices. The Pope's message was sent to participants in an international congress titled The Billings Revolution, 70 Years Later from Fertility Knowledge to Personalized Medicine. The event was held in Rome. The Billings Method is one form of what is known more generally as natural family planning or fertility awareness, a church-approved way of regulating birth using knowledge about the couple's natural, fertile, and infertile periods to either help conceive or to postpone conception through periodic abstinence. The Pope also pointed out the benefits of the Billings Method and others for using modern scientific findings to help countless struggling to conceive. Well, Adidas is facing a class action lawsuit from investors who allege the company knew about offensive remarks and harmful behavior from Yee, the rapper formerly known as Kanye West, years before ending its partnership with him. The current lawsuit filed in U.S. District Court in Oregon claims Adidas was aware of the potential harm that Yee's problematic behavior could cause the company for some time, including reports of anti-Semitic comments Yee allegedly made in front of Adidas staff in 2018. The lawsuit, which represents people who bought Adidas securities between 2018 and 23, also alleges Adidas failed to take precautionary measures to limit financial losses if the Yee partnership were to end. Adidas said Monday that it rejects the unfounded claims and will vigorously defend itself. Well, Oregon Governor Tina Kotek has ordered a pause on tolling in the state until January 2026, according to a news release Tuesday morning from multiple state legislators. Now, the change will presumably be push back tolling on Interstate 205 by at least a year from the currently planned late 2024 start. The Oregon Department of Transportation is working on a plan to add tolls to a stretch of I-205 from the Interstate 5 Junction to Oregon City on the east side of the Abernathy Bridge. They would be followed a few years later by a separate plan to add tolls along most of I-5 and I-205 in the Portland metro area. Now, Kotech is suspending toll collections in response to requests from the legislature in order for the subcommittee time to do its work. A spokesperson added that ODOT can't yet provide details on the impacts of the delay order and expects to discuss it with the governor and the Oregon Transportation Commission in the next few days. Well, pilots at American Airlines have voted to authorize a strike, and Southwest Airline pilots are preparing to join them as unions put more pressure on the airlines to approve new contracts with hefty pay raises. The actions by pilots are highly unlikely to lead to walkouts anytime soon. Federal law prohibits airline unions from striking without the approval of a U.S. immediate board. Congress and the president can also act to prevent a strike if one appears imminent. 
Now, airline unions like to take strike votes, however, which they believe increase their leverage at the at the bargaining table. Now, American, Southwest, and United Airlines are under pressure to match or beat terms that rival Delta Airlines accepted with its pilots, who earlier this year won 34% raises over a four-year contract that will cost Delta about $7 billion. Well, Alaska Airlines ceremoniously handed over a surplus turboprop airliner on Monday to a company that aims to turn it into the largest hydrogen-powered plane yet to fly. The event at Payne Field in Everett, Washington, attracted prominent politicians and a throng of students interested in aviation in a sign of the current buzz around hydrogen fuel as a means to decarbonize air travel. Now, earlier this year, Alaska Airlines replaced the last of its Q400 turboprops with regional jets. The surplus twin-engine 76-seater are now for sale except for the one given a fresh paint job before it's transferred to partner Zero Avia. Now, Alaska Airlines and Zero Avia said the retrofitted Q400 would become the world's largest zero-emission aircraft when it makes its first test flight next year. Now, one of the two mortars on the plane will be powered by hydrogen fuel cells, while the other run on regular jet fuel just for safety's sake. Hmm. Is it hydrogen? Is that what they use in a blimp? Uh, I I believe is it, so. Is it hydrogen? Yeah, I believe so, because that was the big thing with... Um, what was the one that crashed in the fiery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the you Lindenburg. Got, yeah, no, not not the Lindenburg. The Hindenburg. The Hindenburg. Hindenburg. Yes. Yeah, because they didn't have access to the hydrogen because of the war. The U.S. cut it off, and so they used, I believe, helium, which uh, was flammable. Oh, okay. And I gotta, so I got to look that hydro- up. Now we're going to look that up yeah. and see what it was. <laughs> is that hydrogen? Yeah, I, yeah something I gotta, like yeah. that. No, I, why, why I ask that? Because I imagine the, the the new plane just, just floating, floating up <laughs> yeah, in the air. Yeah, right. I don't think that's quite how nah, it works. Now, it, somebody we got somebody who yeah, knows. Please somebody, email yeah, us. No, I'll, I'll go to the Google. Go to go. the Google. Find out. Uh, sports. Just what the doctor ordered for the Los Angeles Lakers as they went on the road last night and defeated the Golden State Warriors, one seventeen to one twelve in the first game of their best of seven NBA Western Conference semifinals. The victory now gives Los Angeles home court advantage. It's a big night for the Lakers, too. Anthony Davis, he scored 30 points, grabbed 23 rebounds, and blocked four shots. Stephen Curry had 27 points for Golden State. Two teams will meet again tomorrow night in San Francisco. In the East semifinal, the New York Knicks beat the Miami Heat 111-105. That series nodded at one apiece. Tonight, the Celtics and 76ers go at it. While many of the 12 apostles have their own separate feasts, St. Philip and James the Lesser share the same date, which is today. So why is that? And are these two related? Well, Saints Philip and James the Lesser are not related by blood and share the same feast day simply because their relics were transferred to Rome to the same church. So according to the St. Andrew Daily Missal, it says... May 1st, the Saints' feast day prior to 1950, celebrates the solemn translation of these relics to the Church of the Holy Apostle at Rome, which is dedicated to them and where they still rest. Now, originally, they shared the feast day on May 1st, but when that day became dedicated to St. Joseph the Worker, well, their feast was moved to May 3rd, the first available day on the general calendar. 
Now, while their remains are interned in the same church in Rome, the two apostles have gone their separate ways after the the ascension of Jesus with St. James staying in Jerusalem and St. Philip preaching in Turkey. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And on May 18th at 7 o'clock p.m., it is Ascension Thursday, sung Mass at Holy Rosary Church in Portland. All are invited to attend a Misa Cantata according to the Dominican Rite in honor of the Feast of the Ascension of the Lord. Cantores and Ecclesia will also sing Alonzo Lobo's Misa O Rex Gloriae. Reception in Siena Hall will follow the Mass. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. So you have an interview coming up? Oh, we are going to dream bigger. I like that. It's right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian welcome monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Christmas season seems to be Thank you for making Matre Radio's recent spring share a grand success. We appreciate your support helping us seek the truth during this broadcast celebration. It was an inspiring week filled with joy and prayerful generosity. We're both humbled and grateful for all of Matre Radio's benefactors, volunteers, guests, and donors, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, the Ladies of Christ the King Parish, Trader Joe's and Garden Home, Jade Bistro and Patisserie, Catering by Suzanne 
Japan, Chick-fil-A in Raleigh Hills, and the talented prayer shawl ministries at St. Cecilia in Beaverton and St. Thomas Aquinas in Camas. If you missed out on Matrade Radio's 2023 Spring share you can still unite with us and seek the truth. Won't you prayerfully consider making an online gift now at matradayradio.com or on the Hail Mary Media app? And thanks to everyone who plays an important part in our mission of leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Matraday Radio. And it is 813 at Day Radio. So to answer your question. Okay, please set us straight. Yes, both hydrogen and helium have been used to fill blimps or airships. So helium, it appears, is the safer of okay. the two. We had it confused. Yeah, not as flammable as hydrogen. So hydrogen was used in the earlier airships. Now I think they've gone to helium. Okay. So well, now you know. That's 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 what the quick search came up with. So if that's accurate or not, I hope it is. Uh, your weather today, we'll see a pretty nice day, high of 73 degrees. Clouds roll in a little bit later. Then there's a 50% chance of rain overnight tonight. Maybe a thunderstorm mixed in. Low of 51, and then a 50% chance of showers for Thursday. Currently, it is 51 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church in Longview, and 48 degrees at St. Vincent's Church in Salem. Well, perhaps you've had a conversation with your children talking about their dreams and goals for their life. Well, maybe you think about this in your own life. You might think about what interests you. You ask your kids about what they're passionate about. But do you ever ask, what do you think God wants for you? Well, in his new book, Dream Bigger, author Dan DeMatt will take you on a 21-day journey to unlock God's dream for your life. Dan is the host of EWTN's Beyond Damascus and is joining me today. Hello, Dan. Thanks so much for your time today. Hey, thank you. It's a joy to be on your show. Well, what a great book. And in fact, I'll start here. Archbishop Charles Chaput writes, Dan DeMatt has dreamed big dreams and his new book invites you and me to do the same. Get this book and you will be inspired. Ah, I love that. So let me ask you. Do we limit our life goals when we leave God out of the picture and go with what we feel we're passionate about? <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, uh, we definitely limit our life goals um, to the extent that we only focus on what we are possible, uh, what we are capable of accomplishing versus what God's capable of accomplishing. So I think a lot of times when we, when we dream, we, we dream through the lens of what, what can I accomplish and what do my natural gifts and abilities uh, bring to the table? And, um, and we, we look at it from an earthly lens, uh, but we, we have a gospel that says nothing is impossible for God. And he says, if you have faith, you can say to the mountains, mountains, get up and move and they will move. And um, so when, when you dream with God and when you have a, a faith that can move mountains, God can do a, uh, impossible and, and wonderful things through you. Uh, and, and so we don't want to limit ourselves to me. Uh, we want to limit ourselves to God's capacity. Well, Dan, you know, with raising kids and the good Deacon and I, we've raised four children or still raising the youngest ones, you know, in their lives, we, we focus them. We look at what they can do and what they're interested in. We put them in sports that they tend to be good at or after school programs for art and different things like that. And then you go to college and you're like, help them pick a, a degree. And then they graduate and boy, they are ready to just take on everything that they have learned. 
That's not to say, though, that there are obstacles in the way. There's obstacles that keep us from really experiencing the greatness intended for us. What are some of the pitfalls that we seem to always fall into? <laughs> yeah, great question. Thank you. I, I think one of the, the ones that comes to mind the most is just the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a fear that um, if, if God reveals something on my heart that I'm called to do something great with my life, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to fail. And, and overcoming that fear of failure is absolutely critical. And so I kind of coach throughout the book on how to overcome a fear of failure. I think also the fear of opinions of others uh, becomes very crippling um, that we, we can, um, in a sense, allow the opinions of others to dictate our actions. And, and we get our compass from other people as opposed to relying on the Lord for our, our, our compass in, in that process. And then I'd say lastly, just almost a, um, uh, a, a small-mindedness or a complacency that, like, um, what I'm doing is good enough. Um, and um, I think the Lord wants to pull greatness out of us, not to say that um, we're not enough. So we shouldn't, we shouldn't experience that feeling of inadequacy, but, but that we also shouldn't be in a place of, of just lukewarmness where I live for a comfort kingdom or I live for um, me and my own, but I really ask how, how can I partner with God in transforming this world for the sake of the salvation of souls and for the sake of advancing the kingdom of God. Dan, you spoke just a moment ago about pondering what God wants for us, thinking about his plans for our whole lives and that for our families and and those things that we want to try to really experience greatness in. But how is dreaming about what God wants for us different than fantasizing about our own pursuits and things that we want to do? (laughs) Well, I think there's a a difference between a God-given given dream and a fantasy. So a dream is, is something that with faith you move uh, you move on with action and, and, and strategy. And, and a fantasy is something you think about, but you have no strategy or plan around it. And so, you know, faith builds uh, on nature. And so the Lord wants, he, he, he wants us um, to use natural uh, skill sets, natural strategies to put his dreams into action. And so this actually, the, the book isn't just a book. Uh, I, I find that a lot of times um, we can read books and they don't, they, they don't transform our life. And uh, the goal of this uh, book was actually that it would transform our lifestyle or it would help us actually discover the dream and start activating the dream. So every single day of this journey, there's actual journal pages and there's daily activations where you can read a little bit about how to discover God's dream for your life and then activate that by moving into a time of prayer or action to help you truly discover that. And then toward the latter part of the book, there's activations that help you strategize, how do I put God's dream on my life into action? And I think a lot of times I meet like, so I'm kind of like a Catholic entrepreneur and I love innovation and ideas and creativity and vision and so I meet with so many people who are trying to start new ministries or start new apostolates or, or do uh, some new program at their church. And so often they've got an incredible dream or they have an incredible idea, but they don't know what practical steps to take to put that into action. And so this book, is it, it just takes all of my experience of helping people activate their own dreams and ideas um, and, and, and helps the reader just really say, okay, I've got this awesome dream I want to pursue. What's 
how do I get started? Well, the way to get started is to get Dan's new book, Dream Bigger, a 21-day journey to unlock God's dream for your life. It is out by Sophia Institute Press. All right, well, let's open up this book. In 21 days, hopefully we can turn our lives into something greater and dream right along with God. So how is your book meant to be used and what do you hope the reader gets out of it after 21 days? <laughs> you know, I just hope everyone becomes everything that God wanted them to be. Um, I think that when I, I love that we, we call God father and we call ourselves his children. Um, I, I've got four amazing kids and when I look at them, they're young and, and all I see, I, I look at their uniqueness. I look at their, uh, particular um, quirks, uh, their skills, their, their, their beauty, and, and I just dream of who they will become. And I went through a process of just, as, as a dad, thinking about my own kids and then sitting down in, in prayer and saying, okay, God, how do you look at me, you know, like as my dad? And, and you see me as your child and you, like, you see my future and you have desires for me. And so I think I, I, I just really want people to, become who their dad sees that they'll become and allow, allow their dad to pull that out of them. Um, I, I spend time praying and thinking about how I can pull that out of my own children, uh, how I can pull greatness out of them, how I can shape them and form them to be everything God, uh, God wants them to be and I want them to be. And, and, and the Father does that for us. I also just really, you know, my heart wants to see the church be innovative again. The church used to be a place of innovation and creativity and uh, you think about the Renaissance time period, it was, it was the church that brought all this new life into the world through art and beauty. And I, I feel like we've lost that innovation as a church. And so to rediscover the, the beauty of Catholicism is, is a big part of my dream for this book. Well, the name of that book is... Dream Bigger, a 21-day journey to unlock God's dream for your life. It would be an excellent resource for our Lenten season to kind of explore more. It is out by Sophia Institute Press. Well, Dan, I really appreciate your time today. I uh, look forward to reading this book and just really kind of seeing and dreaming about what God's dream is for me. Thank you so very much today. Amen. No problem. Thank you. And again, that is Dan DeMatt. So the name of the book again, Dream Bigger, a 21-day journey to unlock God's dream for your life. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to Sophia Institute Press, order a copy for yourself, or better yet, go to one of our great local Catholic bookstores. I'm sure they will be able to get a copy for you. Again, you're going to find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com. This is 823 at Mater Day Radio. Well, one of the great ways you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation, take you right to the main page. All the information is right there. So if you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Again, really quick and easy process. couple pieces of forms you need to fill out. You're good to go and a likely tax deduction for you as well. Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. 
Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. It's 26 at Mater Day Radio. Oregon looking for a new Secretary of State. We'll have the details in the news. And AI technology in the state is finding potholes in the road. But will it also be able to repair them? I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Lee Ressler. How sweet the sound. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Before the sun could conquer night Before the mountains kiss the sky You were there breathing out new life From the deepest depth to the highest height Spoke, let there be light. When you watched heaven and earth collide, creation sang a song to your delight. And it said, God of power, God of might, I'm lifting up my hands to you, my God, for everything you are and what I am not. I'm singing out in praise to the skies of Sky. 
I am not I'm singing out in praise to the skies above How sweet the sound of your amazing love That is Lee Ressler and how sweet the sound. It is 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis greeted the chairman for external church relations of the Russian Orthodox Church after his weekly public audience on Wednesday. Now, the brief encounter in St. Peter's Square with Metropolitan Anthony comes amid heightened security of diplomatic signals involving the Holy See's desire to broker a peaceful settlement to the ongoing fighting in Ukraine. Now, in his press conference Sunday on his flight back to Rome from Budapest, Pope Francis told reporters that the Holy See is involved in a secret peace mission to end the conflict. Both Ukrainian and Russian officials were quick to deny that negotiations were taking place. But a close papal aide confirmed the Pope's statement in an interview with an Italian news outlet published Wednesday. Now, Pope Francis also said during the in-flight press conference that he has only spoken once with Kirill since Russia invaded Ukraine in February 2022. And the two spoke, he said, for 40 minutes over a Zoom video call. Well, Oregon will soon be in the market for a new Secretary of State. This follows the announcement from Shemaya Fagan Tuesday that she is resigning her position less than a week after it came to light that she had taken a lucrative side job consulting for an embattled cannabis company at a time when her office was auditing the state's marijuana program. Fagan's resignation will take effect on May 8th, at which point Deputy Secretary of State Cheryl Myers will take the lead until Governor Tina Kotek appoints a new Secretary of State to serve out the remainder of Fagan's term, which runs through January 2025. Fagan, a former state lawmaker and lawyer, was elected as Secretary of State in 2020. She made $77,000 annually as Secretary of State. She cited her low pay and the need to support her two children as one of the reasons that she took the outside position. Well, Oregon Governor Tina Kotek has ordered a pause on tolling in the state until January 2026, according to a news release Tuesday morning from multiple state legislators. Now, the change will presumably push back tolling on Interstate 205 by at least a year from the currently planned 2024 start. Now, the Oregon Department of Transportation is working on a plan to add tolls to a stretch of I-205 from the Interstate 5 Junction to Oregon City on the east side of the Abernathy Bridge. And they would be followed by a few years later by a separate plan to add tolls along most of I-5 and I-205 in the Portland metro area. Kotek is suspending toll collections in response to requests from the legislature in order to give the subcommittee time to do its work. Spokesperson added that ODOT can't yet provide details on the impact of the delay order. Well, sad news. A Seattle man has died while attempting to summit Mount Everest on Monday. Jonathan Sugarman was part of an expedition arranged by Washington State-based International Mountain Guides, 
Reports state that Sugarman died at Camp 2 after he began to feel unwell. Following the report, the Embassy of the United States issued a statement reading, quote, We can confirm Dr. Jonathan Sugarman passed away while climbing Mount Everest Monday, May 1st. Our deepest sympathies go out to his family and friends. So this comes after Nepal has issued permits for a record 463 climbers by April 26 for this spring season's expedition to Mount Everest. Spring is the most popular time to climb Mount Everest, with most climbers aiming to ascend the peak in May. So you really have this bottleneck because every yes. everybody's up there this month because right. that's about the only window you have wow. to do it. So. It can be dangerous. It can for be sure. dangerous, obviously, in prayers for this doctor and his mm. family. Well, for the last nine months, the Oregon City Public Works Department has been testing AI technology to help identify and map out potholes within its jurisdiction. It's called City Rover, and public work officials have chosen to mount this device on their street sweeper. Well, because it's out there on the roads every single day. Now, City Rover works like a dash cam and actively scans the road ahead for potholes. Then the device collects the date, time, street address, and an aerial photo of where the hole is located. Now, all the pothole data that City Rover collects gets uploaded to a cloud that can be accessed by the city. Now, this then allows Public Works employees to better track of new potholes and create more efficient routes to fill them. Now, potholes form when water seeps into cracks and the road, and then it freezes. Now, when the water freezes, it expands, widening the crack. Then high traffic levels combined with frequent weather swings can make a pothole appear seemingly overnight. Yeah. So there's nothing worse when you're not, you know, drive or when you're driving, you're not really watching that closely. And you go through a big pothole. Bam. It startles you. It sure does. And then you wonder like, oh, how's my tire? <laughs> like, did, I, did I just crush yeah. my tire? I've so. already seen crews out repairing oh, them yeah. very, very quickly. They got a year. lot of work. Uh, in sports, college baseball in Corvallis last night as two nationally ranked teams went at it at Goss Stadium. Bit of a slugfest, but when the smoke cleared, it was Oregon State defeating Oregon 11-6. to In all, the two teams combined for 24 hits Three home runs, eight doubles, 16 of the 18 starters finished with at least one hit. Uh, nice game for the Beavers' Mason Guerra. The Beaverton native smashed two home runs. Both teams went into the contest with records of 30 and 13. Last night's game was an odd league contest, but it gives the Beavers the bragging rights. The teams have played four times this season with Oregon State winning three. Now, the teams will not play again during the regular season, but could meet in the Pac-12 tournament, depending on how that goes. Beavers host Utah this weekend, while the Ducks travel to USC to resume conference play. Well, each of the 12 months of the year has a devotional theme, and it's a great way to bring special traditions, symbols, colors, even foods, to enrich our faith life at home. The month of May, fittingly, is dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And here are a few ways that you can make her bloom in your home with Mary's love. Of course, we talked in the first hour about decorating your table in a special way, making that Marian garden, and also having a May crowning. Well, you can also cook for the queen. Make a special Marian-themed dinner. Some easy ideas include rosemary as an herb associated with Mary. So maybe try rosemary chicken for dessert. Make a rosary or decade out of small cookies, 
miniature cupcakes. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Yeah, that's good. You can also practice acts of charity. Choose one of the noted Marian feast days in May, such as Our Lady of the Most Blessed Sacrament, Our Lady of Fatima, coming up on May 13th. Also, Mary Help of Christians on May 24th. You can do a special act of charity for an elderly relative, or maybe somebody in need, or a new mom. And of course, on Mother's Day, well, find a way to honor our Heavenly Mother also. And then during the month, make Saturday special. Saturday is the day our church sets aside for the Blessed Mother. Make a short visit to a church that has a Marian chapel or statue and ask for Mary's intercession. That's very nice. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Here's one to add to your calendar for May 20th at 2 o'clock is a ladies' tea with Dana Marie. It's happening at the Father Bernard View Center in Mount Angel, and they are hosting a ladies' tea with guest speaker Dana Marie Hale. Celebrate what it means to be a Catholic woman with this special event. Decorate the table as you like, and FBYC will provide the tea and snacks. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. So we are going to talk some University of Portland athletics with Scott Lakeham, and we're going to do that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. We've heard that psalm many times, and St. Benedict uses it in his rule. But how often do we really heed its plea? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. God speaks to us in so many different ways, but we rarely recognize his voice. The simple beauty of a sunrise, the hug of a child, the kindness from the shopper at the grocery store who helps us pick up our spilled groceries. God's voice is in every one of these examples. He can also speak to us through the arguments with our spouse, the loss of a job, or health worries. His voice is often subtle, and in our haste to make things right or to move forward, we can miss what he wants to tell us. We simply need to slow down and ask him what he wants us to hear. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. God, where are you in all this? And if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. 
It is 841 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, already a beautiful start today, but we do have a little bit of fog filling the area. Now, that might make way for a partly sunny afternoon as highs get all the way to the lower 70s. Now, as we move through the afternoon and then later into the evening, clouds begin to fill the sky as the next system moves in. Overnight, we cool to right around the 50-degree mark. Then rain returns tomorrow with highs staying in the upper 50s, maybe near 60 degrees, and then rain going to continue through the weekend. It is 52 degrees at Holy Cross Church in North Portland. And weather seems to be pretty stable because when we started the show, it was 52 degrees in Vancouver. Yeah. Well, it is still 52 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. There you go. Well, while the academic school year is winding down on many college campuses across the country, there are still plenty of sports being contested. College baseball comes to mind. On the bluff, University of Portland is having a terrific season. The Pilots are just a couple games out of first place in the West Coast Conference with just a handful of games to play. Joining Mater Day Radio this morning to give us a rundown on all things Pilots is the Vice President for Athletics at the University of Portland, Scott Lakeham. Hey, good morning, Scott. Great to talk to you again. Good morning, David. Always good to talk to you. Well, I mean, there are so many good things to talk about with pilot sports, but, you know, let's start with baseball. Coach Jeff Luma's squad really playing well. They're coming off a series win over BYU. One Saturday's finale, 22-8. to That was in Utah, by the way. Uh, great position as they head into the West Coast Conference Tournament at the end of this month. So, I mean, the team has really developed uh, right along with Joe Etzel Field. Coach Lewis has done an amazing job uh, during his five or six years here now. Um, and I really like, David, that Jeff has done it with Oregon students and Southwest Washington students. There's a lot of good baseball in this area, a lot of good high school baseball, a lot of good club baseball. And Jeff has done it with a lot of local talent, a uh, little help from the transfer portal. And as you mentioned, it was a, a good series win over BYU, and I – I can't say enough about what they've done. You know, we've won series the last month or so over Pepperdine, San Diego, Gonzaga, and BYU, which is a pretty good run. No, it's it's amazing, and you think about it too. With just yeah, a couple series left to go in the regular season, then it's on to the conference tournament. They've really positioned themselves well. We have um, uh, the conference made a I thought was a really good change and expanded the tournament from four teams to six. So we we think we're in a pretty good position to get into that top six. Uh, We finished the home season against Santa Clara here next weekend, which should be a a good series, two of the the top teams in the WCC. Uh, And then we finish up at USF. Yeah. Got a little break in here this week. Because commencement, right, coming up this weekend on campus. Yeah. (laughs) Where does the time go? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, I was just talking to our university events staff. They are... In here, and the Child Center is looking more like a uh, commencement venue than a basketball or volleyball arena right now. Uh, wonderful. Again, we're speaking with Scott Lakeham, the Vice President for Athletics at the University of Portland. You know, Scott, there are just so many highlights from the season we can talk about, but I, I want to go to uh, the job Mike Meek has done with the women's basketball program. Winning the conference tournament for the second time in four years and then advancing to the NCAA tournament, uh, what a thrilling year. It was really, really neat to see our seniors this year get a chance to actually go to the NCAA tournament. As you mentioned, Mike's won it twice. And the first time the team won it uh, under Mike's leadership was 2020, where 
we won the WCC tournament, uh, but because of COVID, there was no NCAA tournament. And this time for us to win the WCC tournament and then, then get the spoils that went with it, yeah. get a chance to, to go to UCLA and, and play in the NCAA tournament was really special for those students. You know, and I think of, again, how far that program has come along and, and now battling for a top spot, it seems like, every year with uh, with Mike at the helm. And I think the, the future looks bright. And, of course, men's basketball uh, growing there, too. And Shantae's done a really nice job. In, in two years, he's he's changed culture, uh, moved us the, the right direction, no question. Uh, we won 19 games his first year. Had a really good start, had a nice win over Villanova last year, and then the, the injury bug hit us a little bit, but really happy with the direction uh, both basketball programs are headed. You know, speaking of basketball, too, you just announced a partnership with the Portland Trailblazers that's going to bring professional hoops to the Child Center on campus. Tell us a little bit about this. That was an interesting partnership. We've done a lot with the Blazers in recent years. A lot of their visiting teams practice here. Uh, we helped them host the Phil Knight 80 tournament. Um, the Phil Knight 85 tournament, of course, this year, there were a bunch of games in Childs. Uh, we had a successful bid to host the NCAA Women's Basketball Final Four with the Blazers in Moda uh, in seven years. And then when all of those things were over, the, the Blazers said, hey, you know, what do you think about a G League franchise? And I I have to admit, I was uh, reticent at first, um, but we started those conversations in January, and you know, after working through some things with the NBA, uh, we ended up at a place we were both very excited about. Yeah, tell, how is this going to work now? Is this going to be going on during the NBA season? I'm not, I haven't quali- really followed G League that much, but kind of how does that set up? So it starts uh, around Veterans Day, uh, goes through March. It's a, it's a truncated season. So the, the NBA plays 82 games. The G League plays 48. Um, so there will be 24 games at the Child Center, uh, roughly four or five a month during the course of the season. And we've done uh, our due diligence in plotting out, um, you know, making sure our volleyball and basketball teams get right. to, to play their normal home dates make sure we're still doing the campus events we traditionally host and then and fitting the the Blazers in the other open dates. Uh, that, that's great. And I'm thinking about hosting the uh, Oregon State Schools, the basketball tournaments, the boys and girls tournaments at the Child Center. I was reading in the press release, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the Child Center is going to be busy about 200 days out of the year. Yeah, it's it's a lot, right? And it, it's not just athletics. So it's it's pilot sports. Um, it's the OSAA. I'm very happy that, that that will remain here. It's the G League. But we also, as you know, we host uh, our college graduation, but a lot of high school graduations. Right. Um, Jesuit, Central Catholic, and many others have traditionally been and continue to be in the Child Center. So it's it's a very busy building. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a great venue. I love the Child Center. I've I've mentioned this before in talking to you. I I mean to to watch athletic events there, be it basketball, volleyball, or whatever. It's an intimate setting and it's an exciting setting. Yet it's a big setting too. What what does the Child Center hold? It holds about forty eight hundred. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of your perfect as you mentioned, David. It's your perfect mid sized building. Uh, you get we've gotten a lot of usage out of the building in 40 years and we we know we need to get more but it's it's held up incredibly well over time 
So what else for the future, Scott? Any Anything coming up? Any improvements? Uh, the fields? Uh, what, what should we know? <laughs> we always have something brewing. I know, you, know you do. Thing. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> we just finished a really fun and exciting project down on our Franz River campus. Oh, yeah. Uh, we finished our, our uh, boathouse. Right. So it was a combined project between uh, basically our rowing program. So it's an on-campus boathouse. Instead of our rowers driving to Vancouver every morning, they, they just go down the hill and push off from the Willamette River every morning. And then the other half of the building is our Environmental Science Center. So it's a lab that's used by our science department and our engineering folks. So it's a really neat academic athletics partnership. Uh, that building opened earlier this semester, so great to have that online. And then we move next door and, and hope to, to start our track project that we've been looking at for some time. Uh, complete track and field setup, hopefully some beach volleyball courts within there as well. Um, but that's, that's the next project on the horizon. And then we continue to, to work in the child center. Uh, and, you know, we added new audio, we added new seats, uh, we've added a new air system and HVAC with, with the aging building. But, you know, as soon as you finish one project, you got four or five in mind. <laughs> yes, that, that's how it works. That is for sure. Well, look, we're running out of time here, but uh, I know we'll get you back on as we get into the summer because, again, before you know it, uh, University of Portland soccer will be starting up, and again, two wonderful programs there. Yeah, we're excited to get them going in August. Both made the NCAA tournament last year and are, are looking forward to great things again this year. Fantastic. Scott Lakem, Vice President for Athletics at the University of Portland. Scott, great to catch up with you. Uh, if I don't talk to you beforehand, great luck with the baseball season as it wraps up and have a wonderful summer. Thank you, David. You too. All righty. And it is 8.51 here at Mater Day Radio. I feel a little exhausted for Scott. That nice. is a full schedule. He is a busy, busy guy. That is for sure. Oh, well, fantastic. And and great for them and wonderful to hear and catch up with them. And we wish the University of Portland very blessed graduation as it comes up. Speaking of which, we're going to have Dan Christofferson on talking about their, their commencement this weekend. Tomorrow, it's going to okay. be a great commencement coming up. All right, fantastic. Well, you can also find some great events that are coming up and around the area on the community calendar. There are things happening uh, beginning today all the way through the weekend, next week, even next month. So take a look at the community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at MatraDayRadio.com. You're also going to have access to those events on the Hail Mary media app. They have an integrated map system, so that way you can choose the event, press on maps, and it'll send it right to your smartphone, and your GPS will get you right to where you need to be. It is the community calendar. You can find it again, MatraDayRadio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying the Memorare to St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, almost chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary. 
that never was it known that anyone who implored your help or sought your intercession were left unassisted. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. It's joy. It's inspiration. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast. Sunshine this morning. See increasing clouds over the course of the day today. Nice warm day, though. 73 degrees, your high. 50% chance of showers tonight, low of 51. And then 50% chance of rain for Thursday with the highest 60. Currently 54 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Village Lights and Christ our King. And you are listening to David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
That's Village Lights and Christ Our King. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the Morning Blend on this Wednesday. David and Brenda with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. So remember, what did I say today was National Garden Meditation. Okay. So you got to get out in the garden today. I'll get out in the garden today. I'll get working on it. Yes, and meditate. Okay, I'm not as good at that, but uh, maybe I'll try praying a rosary. That always gets me in a meditative state. Sit there right there, yes. That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. We hope you have a very blessed day.